0: Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for your for your efforts so far in the, in the session. Uh, it's not it's not easy. It? It's not an easy practice session. If you're if you're doing it right, it's not easy. And if you're doing it wrong, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably worse. <laughs> At least But either, either way it's uh it is it is difficult' yeah. I'm struck by that um particularly this week I have a little bit of a, an injury that's going cause me a, a bit of uh, pain like a, a kind of a sh- uh, hurt my shoulder arm um, ironically from exercising <laughs> actually, right it's just I, I should do some exercise and I know Tim also like recently hurt himself exercising it so that's the first thing, is avoid exercise <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, you know, I, I realized what, what, you know, joking aside, what probably occurred for me is um, going to do something where it hasn't been practiced for a long period of time.
1: That's a difference.
0: Jumping into something that hasn't been, been practiced with gusto and, and imagining one knows what they're doing. And then uh, a mistake is made, and then, and you 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 live with it, and take care of it. You know, best, best that we best that you can. Uh, I I just I noticed that when just with sitting and watching a few people kind of getting up, and I'm like, oh, that looks like it. looks <laughs> like it hurts. You know, <laughs> and it is that we we of course we have these uh, physical forms which aren't really designed for sitting on the ground for very long periods of time you know and some of my more fantastical notions i think about wow and in the infinity of space with all of the planets has yet to be you know discovered around stars and now we know that there's planets around most solar systems and most likely to extrapolate is probably life on a lot of those places and um someplace somewhere someone's doing zaza <laughs> right most likely because to come into alignment with just being to come into alignment with things as they are is, is practice of zazen there's all of course, probably many types of theistic monotheistic polytheistic all kinds of other um uh, re- uh, religions or approaches or understandings of life going on too you know and, and somewhere maybe out there there are there, there are beings that are um, uniquely equipped to be able to sit periods of zazen with no pain for you know a couple of weeks at a stretch, you know, through, through like mammoth sessions that go on forever. Who knows, you know? Uh, but we we're, we're here and we're in the bodies that we're we're in, and we're we're engaged in this in this practice of several days of still sitting. At the front gate of things, you know, still sitting in quiet, uh, in direct contact with this as it is and things as they are, which is often uh, not how we would like those things to be. the The ingredients or what shows up is often not what is uh, often not what is preferred, or what what can be what it would be chosen. I always feel. At the beginning of session, we're like uh, 26 or whatever we are, uh, dough balls made into cookies put on a tray and put in the oven for several days at 400, which is particularly apt for a July session. It's, it's felt like that, being like a, uh, a cookie on a, on a sheet in the oven. You sit there. Yeah, but... but the practice is, is that way. A practice of Zazen and seshin is that slow building of heat, is that place of being uncomfortable or being in a position of being uncomfortable, but not moving. That way, as the, as the heat rises, whatever, whatever is extra, right? Whatever got into that mix, whatever, whatever is extra really rises to the top. That, that comes to the fore, and there's an opportunity there to let it fall off. Those those aspects of uh, me, really, when it comes down to it, so much of this practice is the, uh, the exploration and penetration of the nature of self. On the surface, often in the everyday way of things, the self is taken as this Bundle of description and and me identity that has the past, future conditions, collection of joys and traumas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, that ongoing uh, project of of me, and that is always uh, challenged in session. It's challenged anyway. It's challenged in life, but it's really brought to the fore in session because that is typically for most of us a lot of the content which is disturbing to the natural process of session to fit all that stuff that comes up that is that is extra that's written sometimes in the body but more often uh, between the ears the description of this one and and life and uh, the people and things in it with myself as the as as the center of that picture and so so as we say a lot of those constructions about what practice is? What this is? What who I am? They, they naturally uh, come up into the mind to be to be looked at or to be experienced. the The best, you know, the the direct approach there is not to try to work through that content or that construction or to understand it. Well, much better to directly feel be and experience this one as is but to have no preference for the description of me any more than we do the turning of the fan overhead but rather to always always over and over directly be just so and let let the uh let the oven take care of the cooking uh, as as we sit Deeper questions, things that are, you know, we, we find in the south that there are, there are those aspects which have, um, twisted roots, which, uh, you know, like trying to clear vines off a, off a tree or a building, you know, and it's like, it's hard to know where they, where they go or they snap off. And you're like, oh no, you know, like all splinters that you try and remove from your finger and you can't get the end of it, but, it, but it's in there and it's really, it's really bothering, bothering you. Those are the most deeper aspects. That's what we work on in terms of uh, close study with a teacher, in terms of dokusan and uh, the study of uh, the ancients, and the study of Koan, uh, and other method, in order to approach these deeper-seated ways that we try to grasp onto branches in the river. And try and find somewhere to stand where there's really nowhere to there's really nowhere to stand. Uh, I wanted to bring up uh, a case from the from the gateless gate, uh, Mumonkan. The first and this is the first collection it's worked on in Khan study. I don't look at it as much as the book of equanimity because my study of a the later parts of Koan study, Blue Cliff Record, book of Equanimity, and so on, it seems fresher to me. After returning here, after some years away, and and this is looking more into 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 some some years ago now, and the styles of the collections are also different, um, and the character of the compiler and the commentator uh, really really comes across. I, I appreciated um, Eugen's talk yesterday, yeah it was yesterday right? <laughs> Yeah, Eugen's talk yesterday and there was a couple of things in there which I hadn't come across or had forgotten before so it was uh, um, I appreciated him raising up what, what he did and um, very difficult to do so it, it, you know, when uh, Roshi sat right next to you, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that. As a teacher, it's it's it's, it's so. I remember it's like I w- I'd be giving um, talks or, or coming out to that point, we're starting to give talks. And um, I don't think Ro- Roshi came to a, one of my talks for a long time, you know, which uh, for, for whatever reason. But then one day I'm sitting here and it's that... 35-minute period, it's always a bit of a killer period before the Dharma talk, I always find that. And and then I hear, who's that coming down the... and I can see the stairs from here. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, you know, <laughs> here he comes. <laughs> like, all right, and, and there is an effect of, of, of that. And then now, you know, and there's times that that's happened since, and now sometimes he comes and sometimes he, he doesn't, but... Uh, to be able to give a talk with one's uh, teacher right there, really, it really uh, puts, you, puts you on the spot. And uh, you can, of course, acquit himself well. Um, and then looking back to Roshi's talk as well, you know, which, uh, to, to visit those basics or fundamentals, which are not basics that one covers well, you know, just so you can basic training so you can get onto the real stuff. But basic and in what is most basic, what is really at the bottom, what is fundamental. And that's why that talk is welcome at the beginning of session. Because if one's uh, posture um, as well as we can with the mound of flesh that we are, which is different for each one of us, and, uh, and our breathing, and then attention or concentration, if those aspects come into alignment, then this body mind can really sit all the way down, painful or not. This this one here sits all the way down, and if that is if that is made so, then we use most efficiently this time that we have of set the session and of zazen to to really to be able to to sit and experience. <clears throat> I'm going to bring up a koan a from the Gateless Gate. And it may seem quite a straightforward koan, but let, let's see. So, this is case 37 the <clears throat> juniper tree in front of the garden. A monk asked Joshu in all earnestness, What is the meaning of the ancestors coming from the west? Joshu said, The juniper tree in front of the garden. Mumon's commentary. If you see through Joshu's response clearly, there is no Shakyamuni in the past and no Maitreya in the future. The verse Words do not express the fact. Speech is not intended to match the student. Attached to words, one loses the reality. Stagnating in phrases one is deluded. So, uh, Master Mumon's character comes through here in that this is actually a whittled down part of uh, a longer koan. This this koan appears in, in other places too. The oak tree in the garden. The, 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 it says oak tree here, and I put I said juniper tree. There's a, a translation in uh, recent translation of the collection of entangling vines, Rinzai tradition in which um, uh, Yuho Thomas Kirchner, who's a wonderful translator, said uh, the closer translation is juniper than, than oak. Uh, and, and that has meaning, because the juniper um, had no real use as a wood. right? So an oak may lead one astray right away, as you say, the oak. All right, what's the quality of an oak tree? An oak has certain qualities, right? like it's strong, you can make furniture out of it. It's great burning wood too, at the end of its life. You know, here in, in, in the winter, oak starts to be very prized, because we have a ton of dead pines mm-hmm. from the fires. And a lot of them died in the bark beetle of a drought too. And then when that happens, the tree's trying to like push the sap out as a kind of a last defense to the, to the bark beetle. And they're very dry, and they're almost unburnable, or they they don't produce, they they burn up in a flash. So you get some quick heat, but then they go out quick. And you burn a lot of it through the winter, it starts to, you have to clean your, the flue of your chimney over and over. Whereas for oak, you kind of master how to burn, uh, how to put a piece of oak on. You can use one piece and then you put it on at night and it'll last through to the next morning and, and keep the place warm. So oak has a certain quality. 'Cause trees do too, they have they have use. Um as people have use. And but here, if it's a juniper tree, then maybe there's a point there, but it's not don't get confused about what kind of tree this is. But if, if we can put ourselves in this position of being back in the Tang Dynasty, China and sixth to seventh century or so, with Master Joshu at his at his temple where he had finally settled down to teach after very long, careful study, there were junipers growing in that area. And one and there's that temple still it's on the bucket list, you know. It's like there was, that temple is still there in, in, in China. Perhaps there's junipers still there now, I'm not sure. But he when asked this question, a monk asked Joshu in all earnestness. Well, even there, before we get to the question... Somebody with a genuine and deep wanting to, to really know the essence of this life, or the essence of this practice. Somebody really wanting to know the... Uh, what was it? The permanent... Uh, unmoving permanent principle, perhaps? Or put another way? Perhaps this person doesn't looking for something to hang on to particularly, but, but wants to know what what am I doing here? What is this about? Let's let's cut to the let's cut to the chase. You know, hence the a monk asked Joshu in all earnestness. A no, monk didn't casually ask Joshu and then not really listen to the answer. Or you know, a monk making some conversation with joshu said you know or etc cetera, etc cetera, right but this is somebody in all in all earnestness that in itself shows an application of of practice in the way right? because in, in in practice we often there's some time and some process of, of really burning off the the more extraneous kind of banal, Aspects of what we might think, practice or our life is of a world is, and you start to see really through the flimsiness of of, of the um, intangibility of those aspects, you start to th- You really start to get down to the heart of the matter. So, what is going on? What is this? What is this like? Can you help me with that? Yeah. So, but there's already a life experience and a seeking that, that has gone on to bring the, the person to this point. Right For, for, for some many people in the world, except, except for good or for bad, not making a judgment, but there there is a worldview that is inherited culturally or through society or parents that says, this is what life's all about. This is what happens when you die and, and this is it. And that's how it is. And and in many ways, it's just like, sort of, then you could be envious, you know, because it's like, if you can swallow that and and, and be content with that, good luck. That's great, you know? Other people, um, I was listening to, I read something recently by the British comic uh, Ricky Gervais. He's done a lot in the United States too, so you might be very familiar with him. He's got a wicked sense of humor, you know, and, um, he said he often finishes his Facebook live posts by saying, I hope you die in your sleep. And, and, and he said, I, But he said he really means that. Mm-hmm. He really means that. Because it's difficult as a human being to have foreknowledge of our own expiration. We seem to be unique in the creatures of the world in this, in this aspect, but who knows? We don't, we don't really know. It doesn't really matter because we're human beings. We're not whales and dolphins or, or whatever else, right? But we, 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 we know that. We, we see this great fact of impermanence, the impermanent human life. What, an, what a curious mystery. You know, that word came up yesterday in Eugen's talk as well. It's like mystery. If I had to sum up, you know, one word for this <laughs> life, it would be Mystery Is this not mysterious? You know, as we go through our days, we can, we can quickly make the extraordinary very ordinary or even dull. Right? As our descriptions of life and the ideas, the way in which we understand it just becomes rote, just becomes, you know, and there's a dulling down where it's just, well, it's just another Monday or another Tuesday or here I am again. And there, there's a dullness there. Again, the, another great gift of Session and of, of, of Zazen practice is it dissolves that dullness you know, and brings one back to the immediacy of the mystery we are brought face-to-face with the, this mystery of being. That we all are without exception. And for somebody like Ricky Gervais who said, I hope you die in your sleep, he's a confirmed atheist. And he just says that for him, he doesn't worry about it. He dies, that's it. But that, that, that's for him. Other people understand or, or have different ideas. No one knows. <clears throat> not really. But, you know, the Zen school, as, as one may see from study of it, when you read, does not spend a lot of time in the area of You know existential questions, or what about life and death, or what comes after. But rather, you know, none of us have experienced death. Now you could say, well, no, I have. I've seen dead people, but that's not. We we experience from this standpoint. We've always experienced life. We we experience life. We're experiencing life, and we experience the coming and going. Of life and death within the one way, within the one life that we all are. Sure, the forms come and go, people and shapes and things change and move. On the nature, and you know, in the way of form and the change of form, you see the forms change. You come to Sashina to this study, you look at what is formless, or you come to the place of looking at that which doesn't move, that doesn't change. What is that one? A monk asks Joshu, in all earnestness, what is the meaning, then, of the ancestor, Bodhidharma? Why did he come here? Why did he bring this? What is the flavor or essence of the Zen school? Is another way to to say it. What is the unique emphasis or insight of the Zen school? Different than some of the other schools of uh, Buddhism, Joshu says. The juniper tree in the front garden. Perhaps it's right there, at this meeting. What is what is the the meaning? Now, in the broad, in the longer koan, this goes on. You know, the monk says, ask a question. The juniper tree in the front garden, and the monk says, "Please, teacher, don't teach me using external objects." And Joshu says, I'm not teaching you using external objects. And the monk says, so what is the meaning of Bodhidharma's coming from the West? And Joshu says, the juniper tree in front garden. Now that lays it all out on on a plate, on a platter, and just puts it right in front for anyone who is willing to eat it. It is not about being, it is not about externals. A lot of our conditioning and our suffering and our frustration and our difficulty comes from continuing the tussle with perceived externals. Usually, they also have two arms and legs. (laughs) Meaning, most of our perceived externals and the problems that come up for us are involved with other people, have they not? It's really hard to get mad at the mountain. Or wonderfully futile To argue with, with, the, with the sky With these things, right? It's, it's, but it's, it's trickier with others You know, with life in the monkey tree that we live in It's right? so all of that stirring of form and karma and conditions that's going on And very easy to be uh, taken away with that And distracted by that Right. And even if our, and if that external object is taken as an external, we're in that tussle, well, that's, you know, that, that's that and we spend our time there. Now, however though, if we look if we stop that, okay, I'm not going to be um, distracted by externals. I'm going to let that go. Perhaps then the focus is inverted and it's looked inward. And then this one here, with its attendant, the me project, with its deficiencies and challenges and problems, that that one can become the issue. That one can be the one that we tussle with. That is another way of perceiving other. That's another way of perceiving externals. But that one's hidden in the form. The... Right, Zen, in that sense, I was talking to a dear friend of mine recently, who's a Zen monk, and he said, Zen is giving the self away, over and over and over and over. And I endorse that message, right? Zen is giving the self away over, or throwing the self away, more accurately, is what he said. Giving is just like, not who'd want it. <laughs> See if you can get someone to take it. Take it, right? Who would want it? No one wants it. You got to throw it away. You've got to throw it away. But again that over and over and over and over without end. Now that doesn't mean that this one as you know the one with the name, uh, the identity of a history needs to be crushed, dissolved and, and, and forgotten and extinguished. Not so. But this one with a name and a history and a condition uh, needs to be understood in its true context with a world. And that is a lot of our work. You know, how this one lives, how the self is really understood. With our dualistic way of understanding and our brains that kind of understand the world in, a, in an objective way, in a world of things and, and, and forms, it's very natural for us to create this separation of self. Me and other. It's very easy to take the seat and say, there is no me and other, you know, and, and crow crow about that. But you're sitting there and I'm sitting here. So that it's also so. There is me. If it's not, it's a hell of an illusion I've been living for nearly 50 years. But what is the nature of that one and what is the nature that we perceive as, as other? Yeah, if we take it on that level of separation, that it is truly separate, which is so easy for us to do as human beings, and that is our, you know, our easy impulse to follow that creates suffering, that creates difficulty. The world is rife with that, clearly. With that duality of we're right, you're wrong. We're like this, they're like that. So easy to fall into that trap a thousand times a day in a thousand different ways. And again, turned inward, I'm like this, I'm not like that when that is fir- when that is really fixed and believed in and taken taken as truth a lot of suffering ensues from that so this practice again is really looking into the nature the true what we call the true nature of self what what really unites us what is the same when we look at each other in the eyes and you see me and i see you and yet, you see clearly, it's the same. It's the same life. It's the same awareness. This is what we deeply look into in Zazen. Right? Not a matter of looking in and trying to again, as Roshi said, you can't work this out in your head. Well, you're going to do it anyway till you don't. That's so. You know, the futile work of of like getting in the Zen teacher game. Right? It's like it's over and over trying to lead horses to drink. And I'm saying that as a pantomime horse myself, right? It's like, everybody has to do the the work for themselves. And we can really go directly to it in, in our, we spend so many hours in here in the practice of Zazen, right? Now, what what is that, what is that? What are we doing between the bells? What, what is going on you know, if we have that if we, if we don't resist, if we take that the route of okay, I'm going to sit for a while here okay, five minutes in, ten minutes in whatever's going on and then okay, here comes you know, the boring stories <laughs> don't worry about that and then those deeper feelings or stories come up uh oh, okay here's an important one <laughs> then we're no longer doing so outside. I'm going to run with this one for a bit no one knows look at these clowns, nobody knows what's going on in my head I can do whatever I want right? no, nobody could see that and, and there's a certain I talk about that as a, like a repeat offender right? but sooner or later though it has to stop mm. sooner or later it has to stop that's the, you know, you're in the oven You're only 10 minutes in. Your cookies are soft. You're still fooling with ideas about this and that, about me and you. It's not cooked. So you have to, we all, we have to come to that point of stop. 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 don't look for something. Don't take something away. Don't add something. Stop. Then you know what zazen is. Then it's not a matter of how long the periods are or your legs may be killing you. you know your legs know. But you have to stop. Then you see this column. What is the meaning? The oak tree in the courtyard, the the brown mat in the centre of the room. The the glass. Your pain in the shoulder or the hips. And We mainly forward, you know, mind that just says, Well Oh great, okay. That's it. However this shows up, that's it. But that's that's climbing over a fence and you're inside now. We spend a lot of practices walking the perimeter, kind of looking in, maybe like putting a foot over, but not quite sure. I'm not, uh, not, not quite sure. you know. But once we get inside, then it's really own, it's really explore the territory. Explore the territory of awareness, of the awareness that each one of us is. You, know, you, you see Like Eugen brought up Or alluded to Zouigan's famous ko- koan When he asked himself every morning Master He's not The master it, You're not the I'm not the master But if I call master I can reply Yes But that's not me Right? This is here, this is so, this already is vast. It has nothing to do with me. It's got nothing to do with you. How mysterious. One, you know, you're called, you respond. Who is that one? You know, when you sit and the, the story of, of life, the story of a construction of ourself, you know, when that falls off, even for a moment, or you just get bored with it. And it falls off. Who are you there? Who are you then? Before the name. Before the description. Before the collection of entangling problems. The vines and the challenges. Before all of those descriptions. We tend to resist that. Because it's it can be like staring into the void. You know there's another koan of Solzhen's Dharmakaya. Where it says it's like the well. It's like the donkey looking at the well long hours of meditation be that way you know you sit stoically you know you sit solidly you don't move and you look at this source at this life at this at this profound mystery and you can say lots of things about it from the standpoint of looking at it and at being a donkey looking at the well, or a person looking at an oak tree, or a juniper tree. You can stare for long hours at a tree. There's a koan there, it says as someone stated, I think it's in Precious Mirror Samadhi, contemplated a tree for 10 kalpas. Mm-hmm. You could do it for 10, 20, 100 kalpas. You never realize. When this one here is looking at something now we have to do that for a period of time to wear that out We have to enter where we are as soon as a practice we come with a self-traner in all earnestness to realize and we set ourselves up for a glorious failure as the donkey never realizes <laughs> but there the t- Sozan says yeah donkey looks at the well, that's really good that's maybe 80% of it and the person asks, "Well, how would you say it?" And he says, "For well, sees the donkey." And that really strikes much more directly to the heart of our And that's it for us too. You sit here when we let go of concerns. You don't choose over the ma- you know over the content. I bring that up over and over again, just because for myself, that's the shift or that's the shift. It's like in Zazen or in practice when internally perceived content, thoughts, feelings, emotions, pain, whatever is going on, externally perceived content, it's freaking hot in here, turn the fan off, it's not helping, whatever else, you know, all these and the people are, what's up with that person over there? All of these other things coming in. How about like when there is no preference there? There is no perceived preference there. There's no choice over the content at all. When you sit that way, you cease manipulating reality and picking and choosing with it. And you enter a place where it's not about 30 minutes. It's not about time. Then you see the tree. Or perhaps the tree sees you. The mat sees you. The Buddha on the altar sees this one. To do so then, you know, after all, we don't go through this for because we're masochists, right? We do this because at the heart of the matter, the human experience is dissatisfactory. That's a great truth for Buddhism. The Buddha expertly pointed out that people could have been... Testifying to that for a couple hundred thousand years already. The heart of the human experience is this is 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 dissatisfactory. Because it is involved in me living in an impermanent relationship to an impermanent world which isn't how I like it. (laughs) Right? It's like join the club. Right? We're all in we're all in that place. But we go through the difficulty. In order to leap beyond, or to see beyond that, and to see what underlies, or really goes through that experience, what isn't stained or moved by that. And If we come to this place of awareness that is on, un- that is not, that we really don't move, stop, and be, and just allow, and ev- allow it all. And, and not just allow it all, but accept it all, swallow it all, right? Even welcome it all, maybe. Then what else is there then to do? In in the practice of meditation or in or, or in zazen. And you just arrive, but you're, you, of course, wonderful and with wonderful irony, you arrive right here, but. Through the process, we've discarded all of the limitations, the thoughts, the ideas, the opinions, the sticking points, for the, you know, all of that's what's cooked off in the oven. Spoiler alert, they're all, all of that's still there, right? But what's moved? The relationship to that content. You know, whereas before it's so and so's fault. It's my parents' fault. It's my grandpa. It's Uzzah's fault. It's Genghis Khan's fault. Whoever's fault it is. That's what can't ever be bought into anymore. You just can't drink the Kool-Aid of it's another per- that there's another person in this world. You know, many generations later, the great Rinzai master Kanzen Egan, who wisely you know, refused to allow any of his talks or anything to be written down or recorded. Um, <clears throat> or perhaps they just didn't didn't survive. In in the one thing that's recollected of him is his saying on this Koan, he capped this by saying the juniper tree has the function of a bandit. It steals everything from you. In a wonderfully positive way. That tree, this life will swallow it all for you. It steals everything. You know, and when we come in to sit, what, whatever you can, you know, it, it's, it's a practice of lose everything you can. Let everything lose everything that you can, because anything that you, that you can lose, you don't need. Anything that's there that's extra. There's nothing that needs to be remembered, no insight that needs to be held on to, or attainment, or a realization, no description, no understanding. All of that's bullshit. Provisional. But ultimately that too gets cooked off. You know, it doesn't it's not needed. Everything you need is already thus. So it's a positive, it steals everything from you. We're left here, you know, but as you already are, perfectly, uniquely equipped to live this life, as this one. For what meaning? Gosh, what vanity to to try to understand <laughs> in one sense, right? The trees don't aren't concerned with meaning the leaves on the trees. The dogs and the cats don't seem to be concerned with, with meaning. But they get on with living their lives. Different for us. We have a different challenge. Again, we have this objective experience and understanding of impermanence. So, as people who've like commonly come to a practice as austere and as difficult as Zen in its authenticity, you know, I, I have real respect for everybody here. Because it's like, no, I I just can't, I can't swallow (laughs) ideas about this. I have to earnestly practice this until it's made clear to the point of satisfaction. But even that is a mirage on the horizon of an oasis. Because when you get to that oasis, you realize it's desert forever, but now you're carrying other people with you. Well, maybe not a desert. That's a bit strong, you know. <laughs> but we kind of desert with some trees and some other things in it too. But it's not again. It's, but it's not about arriving at the happy, you know, then at the happy place where this me is shored up. Yeah. In, in another place here, just a couple of comments of oh, it went long. Master Joshu. <clears throat> wonderful. Here, yeah. an official asks Joshu, Will the master go into hell or not? Joshu said, I entered hell long ago. The official said, Why do you enter hell? Joshu said, If I didn't enter hell, who would teach you? <laughs> okay, so. uh, a monk asked, Does a juniper tree in the garden have Buddha nature or not? Joshu said, It has. The monk asked, When will it become a Buddha? Joshu said When the Great Void falls to earth. The monk asked, When will the Great Void fall to earth? Joshu said, When the cypress tree becomes a Buddha <laughs> Perhaps more difficult to see. You now when will when will you become a Buddha? So, this is the point where I say, well, there's one day left in session, et cetera, et cetera. But it's really just irrelevant, isn't it? (laughs) In in one sense. You know, the the place, the seat of realization is always this. And there's no escape from this. And we have this uh, extraordinary opportunity to make this very clear you know session is often it's just kind of rubbing our faces in reality over and over again like k-tosh, 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 this is it really oh. <sighs> yeah you know but that's that's a, that's a that's a good it's a positive it's a positive thing you know, we don't have to rank ourselves anywhere in the scheme of Uh, Beginner, intermediary God forbid expert or, Or any of those places We're all just Ordinary people And that is An extraordinary thing This is an Extraordinary thing So But as we go forward Let's please trust the feet under our ground the ground under our feet. You know, don't put the place of realisation, enlightenment, or awakening, or any of these things, someplace else. You know, as it says in the verse, if you see clearly Joshua's response, there's no Shakyamuni in the past. Yeah, you see that, that's a nice story. Yeah. Who knows if he even left? Probably. There's no Maitreya in the future. I have my doubts he's coming. <laughs> right? But you don't need those. You don't need those pictures. You don't need those stories. Words do not express the fact. But we try. We see that. Speech is not intended to match the student. You know, that line, I, I came across that lean, line earlier. I'm like... That's, you know, that's a koan in itself. Uh, Attached to words, one loses the reality. Stagnating in phrases, one is deluded. You know, we understand it's not a matter of words and phrases and understanding. But let's uh, continue to, please, and I I don't mean to bring a kind of Sometimes I feel like, well, that's a bit fire and brimstone. Kind of edge or something, bring bring that in. But let's also have a lightness and a surety that the yes, this this now, you know, this is precious. This this mystery, this life. As I am, trust this one, trust this one. Right place, right time. This now. What is this? How do how do I live? How do I best respond? Don't overthink it. Go straight ahead. Let's let's continue to to do our best and support one another as we go forward, because the benefits of this realization, the ripples of this are not known, but the benefits of this practice help, encourage, and it, you know it's an it's a it's an offering as it says in the session precautions at the beginning. Make certain your offering is of the highest merit spring the best offering. And thank you for listening. Yeah.